You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And hello again, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Bedelski coming to you from uh, snowy Wasika, Minnesota. It's a beautiful day and a beautiful day to be with you this morning. A fantastic conversation we just had with Kevin O'Neill. Of the uh, uh, just put together the book, the Holy Mass on Earth as it is in Heaven, uh, and now we go uh, to uh, South Dakota. Uh, Father Andrew Thuringer is joining us. Uh, he's the parochial administrator of Saint Anne in Humboldt and Saint George in Hartford. Good morning, Father. Hey, good morning. Good to be with you. Now, beyond your titles, uh, would you uh, introduce yourself a little bit? Tell our listeners a little bit about who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm a priest in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Sioux Falls Diocese, um, and I was ordained in 2017. I'm still relatively new. Uh, you said I was, as you said, I'm the parochial administrator at St. George and St. Anne. Parochial administrator is kind of like uh, pastor with training wheels. <laughs> so kind of kind of learning what it means uh, to be a pastor and having uh, another good pastor kind of watching over me, making sure that I, I make all the right steps and everything like that. Um, so that's been really good, been such a blessing. We had a really snowy day here, too. <laughs> I spent most of the morning shoveling my driveway, but uh, but yeah, it's good to be with you. Fantastic. Uh, so today you're joining us uh, to talk to us about um, the transcendentals, which sounds kind of kind of fancy and maybe a little bit confusing. Uh, so maybe we'll start there. What are the transcendentals? Yeah, you're right. It sounds like a, it's kind of one of those big words, right? Um, but if you just break it down a little bit, think of the word transcend. Um, so I always like to say, uh, imagine an airplane. Um, when you're on an airplane, you take off, you're in the sky, and you have to transcend through the clouds. Mm. Um, now, that just doesn't mean getting above the clouds. That means as you go through the clouds, at a certain point, your plane is both above and below the clouds. Mm. And it makes its way from below to above. So to transcend is to not just go through, but to kind of be in both at the same time, both above and below. So what we mean when we talk about the transcendentals are, are there things on this earth, um, around us every single day, are there things that we can experience that not just belong to this earth, but transcend this earth, that belong to both earth and heaven? Things that I can experience in this life, which are experiences of eternity, experiences of God. Um, and I think if, we, if we, there are those things, oh boy, we should seek those out, because uh, any chance I get to experience God in the world around me is beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that, draw out that thought. So, you, you talked about things around us that kind of direct us towards God. Could you speak a little bit more on that point? So, uh, I, I'd like to bring us all the way back uh, to the very first story of the Bible. Um, God creating the world. And every single time He creates and orders something, puts it in its proper place, um, He looks back at it and says, it's good, Right? It's kind of this running refrain throughout the entire creation story. Well, this is good, that's good, this is good. When it's all done, it's very good. Like all this creation, now that it's all in its proper place and humans are involved, this is very good. But as Catholics, we know that um, goodness, you know, sometimes the word good can just be kind of like, well, it's good, you know. Um, (laughs) It can be kind of a bland word. Um, But in Catholic theology, goodness is not a bland word. Um, God himself is 
goodness. Um, God isn't good. God is goodness. Um, And that means that that story in Genesis is incredibly profound, because it means that everything that God is making, when he calls it good, he's saying in some way it resembles him. Um, That his goodness is now part of the world. And please don't uh, misunderstand me. We're not talking about anything, you know, like pantheism or, you know, (laughs) that this tree is God or anything like that. And yet... And yet, the master painter's brush strokes are all throughout creation. And if we look carefully and we see goodness in the world around us, um, that goodness comes directly from God, who is goodness itself. Absolutely. And, and kind of what you're talking about is a perspective that's, that's pretty unique uh, to Judeo-Christianity, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know... It, I guess one thing to, to point out that's so utterly unique uh, about uh, kind of the Judeo-Christian um, philosophy or, or religion, I would say, more uh, than a philosophy, um, <laughs> but, uh, but our theology of this, uh, God is not just another thing in creation, right? God is, is utterly outside of creation. He's beyond space and time. Um, but that means, like, is he just completely cut off from us? Yeah, are there no ways that we can see him in the world around us? Well, no, absolutely not. Um, we see in that very first story that God's goodness, truth, beauty um, have been imbued into the world around us. Um, Drug Manny Hopkins uh, is one of my favorite poets. He's a Catholic mm. priest. Mm-hmm. And uh, he wrote, The world is charged with the grandeur of God. As if everything around us has, like, the static electricity, that if you could just reach out and touch it, and experience God in some way. Um, I think that's something that we'll get into. So, if you're just joining us right now, uh, Nick Medelsky speaking with Father Andrew Thuringer on the phone. Uh, Father Andrew is the parochial administrator at St. Anne in Humboldt and St. George in Hartford, uh, South Dakota. Uh, So, uh, when we're speaking about, uh, like you said, the the brush strokes of the painter uh, that we see around us in nature, and things like that, what do those tell us about God? How do those? Why is it important, I guess, to kind of look at those, and what do those teach us about God? Um, so one thing I think that it teaches us uh, is that He wants to be very near us, that He wants to be close to us. Um, you know, I think sometimes, uh, you know, for instance, prayer. Right, you having a, a sustained habit of prayer is hard. <laughs> it's right. hard work. Um, uh, and sometimes we can fall into this trap, um, because we have to put in some effort, um, we can fall into this trap of thinking that God is kind of hiding from us. Um, or he's got that, that carrot, you know, tied to the stick, and it's just leading us forward. Oh, 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 come on, you can almost get me, you can almost get me. <laughs> um, if you just try a little harder, you'll, you'll experience my love. Um, and that's not at all, you know, uh, the Christian mystery. Right now we're celebrating Advent, and the word Advent means to go toward. And it's not us going towards God, it's God coming towards us. Mm. Um, He is seeking us out. And uh, part of the way that he reveals himself is through these transcendentals, uh, through these things all around us. And there are three transcendentals. There's truth, beauty, and goodness. And these are all ways that we can experience him. That's uh, that's interesting. Uh, so you mentioned those three, truth, beauty, and goodness. Uh, could you maybe uh, draw those out a little bit more? Uh, how those are, uh, it, it, 
you know, explain those concepts, I guess, a little bit more. We've already touched on goodness a bit, but uh, truth and beauty. Yeah, um, so I, I think uh, if we're getting real technical, and I don't want to get too technical, <laughs> um, but if we're getting real technical, um, truth is, uh, whenever something is true, it's because it, it accords with reality. Um, if that chair is truly there, it means it's actually there. Um, and if a truth, say, about God is true, it means that it corresponds to the reality about God, that when I say something about God, like God is goodness, um, that it corresponds to Him. Um, but again, as Catholics, uh, we believe not just that God has truth, or that God teaches truly, but that God Himself is truth, um, that He is the deepest part of reality. Um, and I know that's a little heady, but I want you to think of this. Um, in Exodus, um, Moses asks for God's name, and he says, I am who am. Um, another way of saying that would be God says, I is, right? right. Uh, that he is what is. He is reality itself. And so when we learn about reality around us, when we learn about truth, um, when we're not deceived or we're not ignorant, um, every time we're encountering truth, in some sense we're encountering the one who is and who made everything who is. Um, I, mean, I know I'm using bad grammar there, but I, I hope the point gets <laughs> across. Uh, and, and what about beauty? Um, beauty is a tricky one, and people have argued uh, throughout history whether uh, beauty is in fact transcendental. Some people would mm. say, well, um, beauty, beauty is just goodness when you see it. Mm. Um, it's just uh, goodness that's manifested. Um, I know that the world, the created world around me is good, when I watch a beautiful sunrise, I see it and I go, yes, that's what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know? Um, now, I, I tend to think that uh, beauty does add something to goodness, um, that beauty is, is goodness manifested in a very particular and orderly way. Hmm. Um, and, and I don't, to be honest, uh, I, I took an entire <laughs> class um, on the uh, theology of beauty in seminary a whole semester. Wow. Um, and it, it, it was wonderful. It was a huge blessing. Um, but I'll also say you don't need to do that to be able to point to something and say, that's not just good, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, and uh, so I do think it's its, it's, its own thing. And, and particularly, I have a deep, I have a deep love for uh, the transcendental of beauty. Um, that's how God has spoken to me most often in my life. Very cool, very cool. Uh, so we've spoken about truth, beauty, and goodness, and I think most of the examples you brought out uh, were in nature, right? Things created by God. Uh, is it possible also uh, for uh, things that people create, uh, art and things like that, to be true, uh, good, and beautiful? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, for one thing, think of anybody who is is uh, uh, writing or uh, studying theology. Everybody has to write a thesis. Um, there is something powerful about being able to create something true. And it's not, again, that you're creating truth, but that you're recognizing it and sharing it with others. Uh-huh. And I think there are a lot of people, and particularly I'm thinking of many of my seminary classmates, um, that really encountered God by not only um, striving to learn His truth, but then to distill it and share it with others in a way that they can receive and encounter God. Um, and I think the same is true of goodness. How many? How many deeply good and beautiful families um, are, mm. are made by people. Um, obviously, you know, uh, uh, with God's help, but uh, all the time there are good um, groups and choirs and uh, organizations and ministries uh, that people create that are just good 
and that's that's part of our role as images and likenesses of God is to is to help um, is to create with what we've been given. That's 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 right because there's that distinction between uh, I know I've heard that distinction before in philosophy classes that that only God creates and we just make with what's already created right yeah we rearrange we things <laughs> right um, well fantastic uh, Father Andrew Thuringer is on the phone with me right now we're speaking about the transcendentals uh, truth beauty and goodness and how the, those help us. Uh, g- grow closer to God. Uh, so stay tuned here on Real Presence Live. Nick Medelsky joining you live from a snowy Wasika, Minnesota. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Dr. Ryan Sapo with Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision specializes in pediatric eye care and vision therapy. We partner with a national infant eye exam program called Infant C, which provides eye exams for any baby under 12 months old. Many of the major childhood eye problems, such as lazy eyes, eye turns, and ocular diseases, can be detected in this early intervention exam. Infant C eye exams can be scheduled online at www.lumen.vision. Lumen Vision is a proud supporter of babies everywhere and a proud sponsor of Real Presence Radio. God made you for a purpose. He made you to accomplish some great work. What did he make you for? What were you really made to do? Realize your vocation with a degree designed for the Catholic professional. The University of Mary offers online undergraduate and graduate degrees steeped in the Catholic intellectual tradition. Start today in business, nursing, bioethics, education, counseling, applied theology, and more at catholicprofessional.life. I guess my two favorite programs are The Journey Home, just because I love stories, and I love stories of faith, and so they're almost always delightful to listen to. And then Alcrest in the Afternoon is my second favorite. Um, he has so many book reviews, and I love to read, and you know, so many books, so little time, but I love uh, the people that he interviews, and yeah, so those are my two favorites. Yep. I, I would agree. I, I really like uh, listening to the program Returning Home, but as Sean mentioned, I have a very early adoration hour, so I, I always listen to Mother Angelica and the, and, and the Holy Rosary on the way at 3.30 a.m., and, and then I and then usually, my at least in the, in the summertime, my routine is then headed out and run through a bunch of cows and whatnot, so I usually listen to, to Morning Glory and the Sunrise Morning Show and get all kinds of fun tidbits and some news, and, and it's really refreshing and enjoyable thing, something I look forward to when I step out of the church. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Live listeners. Nick Bedelsky here in uh, Wasika, Minnesota, and on the phone is Father Andrew Thuringer uh, from South Dakota, and we've been talking about the transcendentals and how those help us uh, know a little bit more about God and grow closer to Him as well. Um, one of the things I remember, I was speaking about, you know, back in uh, college when I took a few philosophy classes, uh, one of the things uh, we talked about was um, proving God's existence. Now, of course, you can't do that in a laboratory or things like that uh, for for obvious reasons, Uh, but there is a way uh, through philosophy and through the transcendentals, I think uh, some have claimed, uh, to kind of 
prove God's existence. Could you walk us through that? Uh, you know, there might be a deeper, um, how would I put this, a deeper philosophic proof um, using the transcendentals that I'm, I'm not aware of, and so I don't want to say this is the only answer. <laughs> um, but, but, you know, part of, part of proving God's existence um, to each one of us, in a sense, is just that we want that lived experience of God's love for us. Um, I think for most people, if you have a, like this lived experience of God's love for you, you're not going to be like, but I wonder if he exists. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Oh, oh my gosh, he, he loves me, and he's reaching out to me every day. Um, and, uh, and I think this is part of why it's important to pay attention, um, not just to the world around us, but to what's going on uh, in my heart. Um, and I know that's hard for some people. We, we live really external lives, or, and sometimes we pay attention to our, you know, kind of internal monologue, but it's not what's, not what's going on in my heart. Um, you know, really, really simple things, like what, what moves you? Like when I talk about truth or goodness or beauty, um, what reaches out to you the most? Um, I, uh, you know, I'll just give a couple of examples, I guess. I, I have good friends I already mentioned in the seminary. Um, who clearly encounter God in deep ways through their study. And these are the guys who thrive in seminary, who just love the classes, who dive in, who, you know, every meal time they wanted to talk about it, uh, they wanted to break down that thing in class or that argument. These are the, the philosophy majors who love to think about reality and all these things. Um, and I would invite, if that's someone like you, uh, if you're, you're something like that, um, what are ways to make sure that you encounter God's truth? And then pay attention to what happens to you when it does. Um, because I think there's a lot of times we have what we would call like natural consolations. Um, I eat peanut butter, and peanut butter is amazing. <laughs> um, and I say, wow, I, I really like that peanut butter. That's great. That's a great worldly thing. Right. But also we need to pay attention to what's going on in my heart as it happens. And mm. to even maybe bring it up to prayer, because a natural consolation, a natural good thing, um, can actually be a manifestation of God's goodness for me. Maybe, as I'm sitting there reflecting, as I really enjoy this peanut butter, I kind of offer it up to the Lord. Like, Lord, thank you for this peanut butter. And I receive mm. a grace back, like, yeah, I made that goodness for you. <laughs> um, and it, and I, I purposely use a really silly example, but, um, but this is part of how we pray with these things, is that when something moves me, um, when the goodness of peanut butter moves me, that I bring it to the Lord because he, His goodness is somehow uh, within that, and it can be one of the ways that He loves me. But only if I give Him the chance. And so, mm. if you're if you're somebody who really is moved by truth, you know what what book are you reading this Advent? Mm. Um, and are you just reading it, or uh, do you take some time to highlight the sections that that move your heart and bring them to prayer later? Um, or even when you get excited about some conversation, you take a minute there and check in with the Holy Spirit. You know, Holy Spirit, come and show me your love in the midst of this really cool conversation. Um, and the same is true of all the transcendentals. I think we need to pay attention to how God wants to reveal himself to us. Um, you know, so for instance, uh, if you're a goodness person, um, I hope that you spend extra time with your family this Advent, and you don't get wrapped up in all the business too much. Um, I hope you give God's goodness time to shine through your family. Um, and then even in the midst of that, even in the midst of that Christmas party, um, that you're checking in with God and asking how He's loving you through these good people that you're with. Um, or, for instance, you know, I, I, I always think of my mother. Um, she's clearly a goodness person. I, I don't want to categorize people and put you into categories like Myers-Briggs, 
or something like that, or like a, a personality test. <laughs> right. But I do think we each have these that reach out to us the most. And, you know, for instance, for my mom, um, that was always goodness. And so she's always um, volunteering with some uh, charity, you know, charities, um, doing something good. She does this, like, diaper project um, that works to get supplies, especially diapers, to struggling mothers in our mm. city, in Sioux Falls. And she gets so much life and love out of serving those families and out of seeing those children and knowing that she can bring some goodness into their life. And that's so clearly one of the ways that God is present in her life and that she experiences Him. And so if you're a goodness person, I would say, you know, like, what are you doing to expose yourself to God's beauty? Where are you volunteering? Where are you encountering goodness in your friends and family? Are you giving yourself that opportunity? And then... Um, uh, not to put too fine a point on it, I guess, but I'm, I'm a beauty person. Um, I, I have always been deeply moved by natural beauty, but especially by art. Um, it happened in Rome. I, I was so blessed to get to study art for a semester in Rome while I was in Rome. Wow. Seminary. We had this amazing art professor who just took us everywhere. She, like, she knew the, uh, the curator of the Vatican Museum would be like, hi, George. You know, <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, one day she took us to the catacombs of St. Priscilla, and uh, in the Catacombs of St. Priscilla, there's a painting of what we're, we're pretty sure is the Nativity. Mm. And it's from around the year 220. Um, and it is believed to be the oldest painted image of Jesus. Wow. And uh, the catacombs are, are dug into the earth, and they're not very high ceilings. And so the only way that you can go see this painting um, uh, is to go directly under it, and then crane your head to look up. <laughs> and uh, and so you got to get like right under it. You can't see through it. So I went under this painting and I, I craned my neck up to look. And the painting is the Blessed Virgin Mary holding Jesus. Jesus is facing her, like kind of standing on her knees, almost like a bouncy bouncy game that you see mothers play. Right. And then Jesus and then Jesus turns to look at her, or turns to look at us. Um, he turns away from Mary to look at us. And so I was craning my neck to look at Jesus. And he was craning his neck to look at me. Wow. And I can't describe it other than to say that it wasn't just a painting. In that moment, through that painting, God turned to see me. Wow. And it was one of the most powerful moments of grace in my life. And I often return there kind of spiritually to that place of, like, knowing that I'm seen by God. Um, And so I constantly try to seek out beautiful things. You know, I have um, postcards of art and different things in my bravery, um, so that while I'm praying, I can have something beautiful there. I'm very blessed to have two beautiful churches <laughs> that I can pray in. Um, me and my friends, when we go on uh, vacation, we always go to an art museum, and we just spend the day there praying with beauty. Um, so seek out those things and let God not prove himself so much, but let him reveal himself to you. Mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic. I, I love everything you said, and especially, like you said, even even the smaller uh, examples, right, of... of goodness and truth and beauty um taking those to prayer and treating those as opportunities to get to know god better and for god to reveal himself to us because it's it's kind of a two-way street uh, with these transcendentals right uh in that it's both a way for us to seek out god and for him to reveal himself to us as well right yeah because it's a relationship right and so we're both participating in it together um yeah, you know, and, and I just think uh, the more we can take those little things, I, maybe some of your listeners are familiar with the practice like Lectio Divina, mm. right? Which, mm-hmm. is, uh, which is to really take some patient time with Scripture and let God speak to us through Scripture. 
Well, we can do Lexio with the entire world if we're mm-hmm. paying attention, right? And if we're looking for those ways that God is trying to reach out to me through truth, goodness, and beauty. Well, fantastic. I, I love that idea. Uh, like you said, it's uh, as, a, as a secular Franciscan, obviously, praying in nature is a, is a big part of my spirituality and seeing God in the, the natural beauty around us. So it's, it, you know, I... It's kind of second nature to me, and I don't know that I've ever thought about it in uh, in relationship to the transcendentals. Because when you hear a fancy word like that, you almost automatically think of ah, yes, uh, you know, Plato and Aristotle and the, and the <laughs> transcendentals and things like that. But it's really there is a point at where at which the uh, the rubber meets the road, right? Where this this heady, lofty kind of thought actually meets the reality around us, and it's kind of cool to see the the interaction between those two. Yeah, I think it's one of the most natural ways that people encounter God. Um, so many people who maybe not don't even practice their faith regularly will encounter the goodness or the beauty of nature and say, like, oh, yeah, but I know God is real. Um, but can we take that a step further? Um, can, we, can we receive that gift um, in a deeper way that actually leads to that relationship? And that's part of that, just being aware, um, having that spiritual awareness of when something is moving my heart through one of these transcendentals to know that God can speak to us through those. Well, fantastic. Um, if our listeners uh, wanted to learn more about kind of this concept, is there are there any books they could read or, or articles or something like that? So you guys sent me that question, and uh, I've kind of been scouring for the last couple of days. Um, <laughs> you know, the, one of the difficult things is um, whenever you start talking about these theologically, it gets deep, right? Mm. Um, so what I, what I would encourage everybody to do, first of all, is go encounter these. Um, the, more than reading about them, maybe you're a truth person and you're really disappointed by this answer. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but one of the best things you can do is go experience them. That it's not something you need to have a doctorate in, it's something that you need to have your, your heart invested in. Um, you know, Aquinas talks about all of the transcendentals, and so if you wanted to go to the Summa, um, you could go there. And there, there are other uh, wonderful resources, but a lot of them are pretty, pretty advanced, you might say. So I say go, go live it. All right. Well, fantastic. Go and live it. Uh, words of advice and inspiration from Father Andrew Thuringer. This is Nick Bedelsky with Real Presence Live. Please stay tuned through the break. After the break, we'll be speaking with Beckett and Christina Joto. Uh, associated with Our Lady of Guadalupe Shrine uh, over there in La Crosse, Wisconsin, as well as the Little Loretto Bed and Breakfast. Stay tuned.